You are now listening to Out of the Blank. We're rolling. It's another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with now. How do you say your last name? So it's Benjamin Peterson. Peterson. So yes. tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm 44. I'm a DJ producer and I have been self employed for the last 20 years. I'm currently touring the world. I make music. I run a record label. I do creative coaching for uh, individuals within the creative community as well. So now when you say DJ, now are we talking about the era, 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 that, that type thing? Or are we talking about like um, you craft your own beats? and? Both. Yeah, I do both. I'm a DJ, a music producer, and I go out playing clubs. So I, I do both. I think a lot of people don't understand how much effort it takes to actually be a DJ. Now, I come, both my parents were DJs. So right. it, they work radio during the day, then DJs at night. They were only home maybe two, three hours a day. And like my dad was DJing until like two o'clock in the morning and then he'd come home, sleep like three hours and go right back out to do broadcasting. And let me tell you, the, the life of a DJ is a hard one. It's not an easy one. No, it's not. It's dedication. It's like anything. If you're passionate about something, you'll work hard and you'll make it happen. Um, you know. How did you get into the mindset of being a DJ? Like, is that something you wanted to be as a kid or did you just randomly discover upon that in your like elderly or older stage? Well, I, I've always been into music. My parents were into music and uh, I grew up listening to the radio. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty old. I'm 44. So I grew up listening to FM radio with my little tape recorder and I would record on, on the, you know, the cassette te- tapes and stuff. And um, then that kind of just marched into, you know, uh, getting into um, buying vinyl at a young age. And then I remember my first CD that I bought, which was in 1988. Um, I still have it today, and that was a dance music record. And ever since then, I just I've just been you know moving forward. Music, something that I really love. It's given me the opportunity to travel the world. So, I think a lot of people don't understand how much creativity and passion, and first of all, emotion that music actually invokes out of it. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, my since my parents were DJs, I knew basically everything there was about music at the time like you know Mm. most kids my age were listening to like black eyed peas which i did too but i mean i knew kiss i knew metallica i knew alice in chains i knew acdc i knew i knew i mean i knew everything just because there were all these vinyl records and cds just sitting in the garage and i just stumbled upon them one day i'm like hey who are these guys that are all dressed up with all this clown makeup (laughs) my dad's like wait a minute you don't know who kiss is i'm like no he goes i've messed up as a father i was like oh god (laughs) your dad sounds like a cool guy so do you have a dj name do you have a set by that you go by i do i have i have several i have one which is called kid massive which i've had for over 20 years and another one which is called wolf crew and they both represent two different styles of music one is more of a nightclub saturday night the other one and just bear in mind they're both electronic so it's both house music and the other one is more of like a Sunday morning kind of vibe, very chilled. Um, and, you know, and I've been doing it for 20 years, so I know a lot about the industry. And I'm, I'm still continuing to, um, to travel and I'm off to Asia in two weeks. 
I'm doing gigs in Cambodia, uh, Thailand, uh, Japan, and Vietnam and Bali as well. Now, is this so? I'm guessing the one, the more of the morning vibe uh, DJ kind of style you go by that that came later. I'm guessing than the first one. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good guess. Yeah, because my dad, um, he started off here, DJ Skip Dixon, and then he was playing, you know, like all the popular songs, and then he kind of later in his years, more like to when I became an adult, around like maybe 18 years in, he decided that he was going to do DJ Moonshine and went completely country. I mean, he started wearing flannels, started rocking a country hat. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, you used to be this other guy. Now you're playing a whole different persona. He's like, you get kind of bored playing the same stuff over and over again. You want to kind of expand out a little bit. And And it's also, you know, it also boils down to expression. You know, as you get older, you, you know, you start wanting to express different things because music is all about a feeling. It's an emotion. It's a, it's a something that you have to say. And, you know, as we get older, we kind of chill out. We mature a bit, you know, like if you listen, if you think about the music that you listened to when you were 10 compared to what you are now, there's a big difference, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Maturity. That's just with age. It comes with age. That's crazy that you got to think just like music kind of ages like wine a little bit, like the older it becomes, the more like classic it is. You know, uh, like if I yeah. listen to good old Aerosmith song, I'm pretty sure everybody's pump up mix is something by Aerosmith. <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the thing is, it's like, what do you listen to on a Saturday night? And what do you listen to on a Sunday morning? It's probably a bit different, right? It depends on if I have a rave planned or not. Well, there you go. If, if you have a rave planned Saturday night, then it's going to be energetic. If you're just at home chilling, it's probably going to be a bit more relaxed. Well, if you just went to Burning Man Saturday night, you're probably not leaving until mid-Sunday. So you're probably still wearing the glow, glow yeah, sticks yeah, yeah. around your neck. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, I mean, when do you, like, what types of music do you find most interesting that you kind of came across through your life? Well, I, I, I'm not a fan of any particular artist. I am, I like music depending on how I feel. So if I'm feeling particularly melancholic, I listen to a specific type of music. If I'm listening, if I'm feeling nostalgic, I listen to this. If I'm feeling upbeat, I listen to that. So it's, it's, it's a specific song that suits my emotion rather than, you know, my go-to artist. Because, you know, if I'm not in the mood to listen to this, well, then I'm not going to gravitate towards that. I listen to what I feel my emotions are. And then I, I kind of, tailor my playlist around how I feel so like yeah. yeah my dad would always talk about like he would set something up for the night and he usually tries to base it off the crowd because he said it's a giant crowd thing basically you want you want everyone to get up kind of standing and kind of pumping it up around and he used to talk about like I'm like how do you like how do you go from playing just rock music just a country and then constantly trying to agree with cr- like your your crowd still is trying to adapt to the crowd that usually came and saw you before and he was talking about like it's a completely different audience now he's mm-hmm. like it's weird he goes because usually we're going i'm going to the same bar every night i mean i was i was the workhorse for him like me and him setting up for his gigs i'm pulling all the amplifiers out of the truck i'm like dude i'm 12 years old he's like yeah it's called free labor i'm like okay <laughs> and we were lugging these amplifiers, lugging all this stuff. And then he would just be like, all right. And then drop me back off at the house. And next thing I know, I wouldn't see him until like two o'clock in the morning. And mm. he, he would come in and he would tell me, he was like, it's crazy. The fact that like he hears the same stuff over and over and over again. And I, I asked him, I was like, why is it so weird? Like, why don't you ever play music in the car? 
Like we never listen to music in the car. He's like, I hear it enough. I all day I'm at the radio station. Then at night I'm doing gigs. And mm -hmm. it was, it was just kind of mind boggling to think that like, like you were saying with aging and like kind of your taste for music changing, like his taste for music ended up diving into the actual sounds of the earth, just hearing the wind and the breeze. Like he, he loved being able to see everybody's face and expression, just get pumped up and start tapping their toes and dancing. And obviously he had the cool occasional bar stories, you know, some woman gets drunk or does something funny and ridiculous and you know he would always entitle me with those in the morning which is always nice but yeah I found that music was a great way for me to stay connected with him too because i mean we basically had the same taste i mean like he introduced me to kiss i mean practically as soon as that kiss toothbrush came out where you're brushing your teeth and they're playing rock and roll all night i definitely had that as soon as it came out right right good that sounds really good I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like what do you find are the most complicated stuff because I know from what my dad's experience was it happened to deal with a lot with just drunk people coming up and wanting to play the same song like making a request and he has a set uh, playlist lined up so he's obviously going to take like requests here and there but he said there'd always be one guy that would get aggressive or something um, if he didn't get a song played what would you find would be the hardest. Well, I'm unfortunately in a position with the way that I work that I don't need to take requests. And also I'm pretty much uh, away from the general crowd because the, the, the nightclubs that I play at, you know, they're like thousand people capacities. So I don't, people don't really have access to me in the same way. But what I would say is, you know, people like that, they, music for people is a sense of um, connecting to something that they understand. So it's something that, you know, they get an emotion from something. So if someone comes up and says, can you play this song for me? It's because it means something to them. And if you can't play it, well, then they'll get upset. But the reality is, you know, we're not, you know, DJs are not supposed to be individual jukeboxes. We play for the general crowd. We play for the general ambiance, the general feeling of the whole venue, not one specific individual. So, you know, yeah, you can take a request here and there. That's fine. But I think you need to look at the big picture like your dad's doing. Look at the big picture and go, right, is this going to work in the scheme of the night? If it does, then yeah, fine. It's no biggie. But if it goes against what I'm trying to do, trying to create, because you know, every person that is a creative has their own identity. They have something that they have to say. Your dad has something that he wants to say with his music. So to go in and completely change the, the parameter and change the direction of what he's trying to say, can sometimes go against the bit, you know, can go against who you are as a person. Because yes, we are entertainers, yes, we are jukeboxes, but we are also individuals who have been hired to do a job because we know certain things about music that other people don't. We're considered experts. It's also, you guys are very good at reading a room too, like yeah. telling what vibe of music, like you're not gonna be playing, you know, some type of new techno stuff to an audience of like elderly people that listen. No, of course not. No, 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 absolutely not. I've but, seen, <laughs> I've seen, I mean, I've seen the worst DJs possible when it comes to like, they just go up and start playing like these techno beats and the crowd is just sitting there like, this is not what we want to listen to. That might work in some of the venues he played, but he just like thought he could go up with the same structured list. And I was like, that's actually a good part if you're a DJ to kind of immerse yourself in the crowd a little bit too. Like maybe not for you because you have thousands of people, but you know, taking a step down there, kind of walking amongst them before you go up on stage, just so you can get a vibe for who your audience is. Yeah. 
That's exactly it, because people treat DJing as their personal uh, ego vehicle. You know, they go in and they, you know, they've got one hour to impress, so they go in and they play all the big hits. They go in and they play what they want to play, and there's a total disregard to the actual crowd, to the venue, to the promoter, to the club night, to the age, to the demographic, to what city you're in. You know, and there are lots of factors that you need to to look at. And if you if you go into DJing with a sense of I'm going to I'm going to show the world how good I am, well then your career is only going to be so long. If you can walk into the room and go, right, this is this is how I'm going to do it. So I give you my personal motto. My my the way the way that I do my DJing is I give them what they want my way. So I look at the crowd and I go, okay. I've been booked. This is the kind of music that I play. However, I can see that it's particularly young women tonight, or there's loads of guys, or it's a Friday, it's not a Saturday. I am in some rural part of Russia that I haven't been before, or I'm in New York or whatever. And I tailor my, my set accordingly. One, so I give them the, what they want, but two, so that I don't move too far away from what I stand for. So I, I have a commercial ear, but I wouldn't call myself commercial. I don't play back-to-back radio hits because after 20 years, you realize you don't have to. You just have to play good music. If you then can throw in a couple of big hits or big classics every now and again, then that feeds people's egos and they go, oh, I know this song. Then they feel comfortable, then they relax. Yeah, but if you that, just play, yeah. If you play a song they're comfortable with, like everyone wants a song they can tap their toe to, especially if they're going to go see a DJ. They want a song yeah, that, that yeah. they know, like, hey, I remember that, and they can get up and dance. But if you sit there and play them their top hits over and over and over again, you're kind of falling into what the music industry is just doing now, where it's just focusing on trends, something yeah. that everybody can kind of sing along to. But if you're able to play a song where they can tap their toe one minute, and then next thing you know, you play another song, and they're like, I remember this song. But it, mm. it doesn't mean they have to know it 100%, but it gets them to listen to it. It's like, it's still good music. I mean, there's there's two different really scenarios you can look at. There's one where you, you, you want everyone to get pumped up as possible. And there's one where it's, you know, you have to get them catching them at like that cool vibe, just kind of relaxing, nodding the head, not having to scream or dance or do anything like that, which you still want them to be able to do. But it's more like... You want them to just be actually enjoying the music. I mean, I don't know how many times that like my dad would be like, you should check out this song. And next, you know, he's playing some music like in his little setup or whatever, just on his laptop. And I'm like, wow, I would have never even thought to look that up if you did not play that. You know, I remember the one time he let me play on his um, computer with all his DJ mixer equipment. And it was I think it was at an actual party. And I just started playing the same songs I knew over and over again, like George Lopez, Lowrider, like that's just over and over again. Everyone's like, can you play a different song? And then like, I'm, I was thinking, I was like, I'm definitely not a DJ like my dad, but it's crazy because, you know, he used to tell me all the stories that he had about his tech problems that he had. Like you have to be really good at problem solving too, not only trying to read a room in a crowd, but trying to be able to make sure like if your equipment goes down or something's not playing right, like there's a skip. You got to fix out and find out what the root cause of that was. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not just go in and, you know, do a playlist because then you might as well just put on Spotify. It make, that makes no difference. Yeah. But what makes DJing and what makes music in general interesting is it's a personal expression about how you feel as a person. So, for example, your dad grew up with certain influences 
He grew up in a certain part of America. He grew up with certain types of friends. So therefore his music is going to be this. I grew up in Europe. My, my, my music was this. So therefore my representation will be this. And it's about understanding that there's nothing wrong with what your dad plays. There's nothing wrong with what I play. We're just two different individuals that go about creating music in two different ways. And if you can tap into your individuality, if you like what, 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 what your dad does, he goes in, he taps into who he is, who creates something that's unique to him. And when you create something unique to you, that means you're technically providing a service that no one else can provide. Whereas if you're just playing the top 40 hits, then there's nothing unique about that. That's just easy. Yeah, it doesn't and give you a creative spark to it. Yeah, there's nothing. You're simply just hitting play and you're, you know, you're just a Spotify playlist. I, so the, the, the more individual you can be, and this is not just with music, this is with, with everything, with everything in life. So for example, right now, there are 7.5 billion people on the planet. So there are 7.5 billion ways of doing something. Why? Because every single person has their own unique spin on the way that they do it. So for example, you could show me how to... Um, Let's just say, you, you could show me how to record this podcast your way, but I will never mirror it completely your way because I'm not you. That's actually, so my, that's really good because um, I've been asked so many times with this podcast to monetize and I tell them like, it, when people tell me they're not a fit for my podcast, it, do, it just does not compute into my head because I tell them you're a unique individual. You have thoughts, experiences, you have yeah, things exactly. that you want to accomplish that make you completely different from somebody else. The problem is at a young age, like I'm only 21, but I mean, around like 19, I started figuring out we're all living structuring our lives off one another when it comes to the fact that we all have to be a gym that works nine to five, that we all have to live this life. We have to do this. We go to work, go home, go to work, go home. There's no, there's like a lack of creativity, especially with technology nowadays, when it comes to the cell phone, are more kids going to be on their cell phone and not going to experience something like, you know, I, I always chalk up the example. Do you think Lance Armstrong or, you know, Neil Armstrong would say, you know, if, if you're looking at the moon, you know, someone else is going to be like, oh, well, someone else will get to it before I do. Then you don't know if that person might get to that. You might have to be that person or it might have to come a hundred something years later. But if you don't go after it, you know, if you don't take the shot, you're not, the, you're never going to know what could have been. And mm. I'm like, so many kids nowadays are just like, and hey, I'll just get this. I'll just get a college diploma. I'll just get this. I don't really know what I want to do. I'm like, that's the point. You're supposed to figure it out. You're supposed to come across it. Hopefully you figure it out earlier rather than later. But we live in this world where everyone is afraid to become who they truly want to become. Like I look back at history, you know, one of my favorite artists, Leonardo da Vinci has one of my all time favorite quotes when it comes to like the process of art. He said that art was never done, just left unfinished because he believed every day you could find something else to add on top of it. He worked on the Mona Lisa for years and he believed that it was never finished just because you could constantly make adjustments. That's what people are. People are ever ever growing work in progress. We're not finished until our expiration date. And even then, we're not the perfect. We're never completely done. You know, we have things about us, like when it comes to music, okay, for example. Now, all my family's in bands. I, I'm the only one that didn't follow the music path. But I understand it. 
because I know what it was like to have a hard day and then be able to sit down and listen to Alice in Chains, Man in the Box, something that was like, I can resonate with the emotion with this person or Jimi Hendrix, you know, all, you know, these types of stuff where you're, you're listening to it and it sparks some type of emotion and feeling in it. And nowadays you're getting the same, like everything's become so studiotized. I don't mean by people customizing their own beats, but I mean on the fact that some type of corporate would just pay you to use one or two of your words and then just throw a fancy beat that kind of mix matches with the same other popular trending artists now. Well, we have to remember that human beings exist on three levels and three layers. You've got your, the first layer, which is your unaware. So it's basically people that live their lives, not really knowing anything about anything. They just live, like you said, nine to five. They do, the normal standard thing. They don't think about life. They kind of just, just do stuff. You know, they don't really think about, is this actually what I want to do? Is this the person that I really love? Is this relationship good for me? Do I really like this job? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one. Number two is you're aware. People that ask themselves, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy with this job. I'm unhappy with my future. I'm unhappy with my wife. I'm unhappy with my husband. I don't like this. I don't like that. Then you've got your self-aware. And the, the self-aware are the ones that ask themselves, why am I unhappy with my job? Well, it's not what I want. I want to be a veterinarian or I want to be a plumber. I want to be an electrician. So why am I working in the supermarket? So the majority of human beings live in unaware. They're the ones that you just described. They go nine to five. They have no clue. The next section, which is the slightly smaller section is you're aware. The people that ask themselves, why do I like this? You know, I, I, there's something about this. I'm, and I'm just not happy, but I don't know why. You're aware of the people that ask themselves, why am I not happy? So if I ask you a very simple question, very, very simple. So if I say to you, the answer is in the question, what does that mean to you? It means- context of what I've just spoken about. It means exactly, it, it literally means that. It means exactly what you're at. Like when you, when you said like, what does that mean to you? Like it's like same thing with music. It's a kind of a revelation or an insight into one's like problems in a way. You know, like if you're dealing with something, usually when you're trying to ask the question of how can I get this fixed? It, you know the answer. The answer is riddled inside the question basically. Exactly, because you asked you ask the question, therefore subliminally you already know the answer. Okay, so the question is, where are my car keys? That's the question. But you already know where your car keys are. You just need to stop, quiet in your mind, put yourself in a quiet space, and re-step, you, know, re you know, retrace your steps. And nine out of 10 times, you can find your car keys. Why? Simply by calming down, simply by relaxing, because you already knew where they were, but you were so caught up in your emotion. Oh my God, where are my car keys? I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. But no, 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 relax, step back, think about it. Oh, yeah. Why am I overweight? Oh, you know, I'm always overweight. I'm like, yeah, but why? Because mm. oh, you eat like crap. I, I, yeah, I, I eat too much pizza or I don't exercise enough or I don't like my work, so it's stressing me out, so I'm comfort eating, blah, blah, blah. So this is called self-awareness. When you ask a question, question it means you're raised an issue to the point where it's now become something that you need to address yeah I so think a lot of the yeah. times 
people nowadays, we're not good at problem solving anymore. We're, when, when a problem, you know, we let the problems amount onto us on a daily, daily basis. It starts to turn into like where you're Atlas and you're holding up the world. You're literally, you're not holding the world's problems, but you're holding a lot of negative, I guess you'd say energy on top of your head constantly. And you're not dealing with it well. When you come home where you used to have someone to talk to, your family members, someone that was connected with you in your household or something, you know, family dinners would happen seven nights a week. Now you're seeing them at three. So now you're seeing kids with more anxiety on the concept of they have a whole bunch of limitless technology. You know, social media has became a big uh, bullying device and type of other platform because it gives them something to structure themselves off of, such as celebrities and other people that have are living an obtain, unobtainable lifestyle when it comes to the concept of you're only 12 years old. And like the problem is we, you know, I catch myself doing it too. I started realizing like, why am I getting really stressed over something that's really simple? And I started realizing I'm not problem solving correctly. I'm not dealing with the problems in my life. So that's why I'm getting angry because I'm just pushing them aside. I mean, we're all so willing just to cram it down and get over it and worry, just forget about it. The sad thing is you have to deal with those because all those will add up. They create minor stress fractures, much like if you have a slab of concrete and it's slowly through the years, just starts getting a little bit of cracks on top of it. When you choose to ignore that problem, you're not filling in the cracks. All you're doing is putting a bandaid over it or duct tape. You know, it never truly goes away. So I tell people like, you know, I curse. I just curse out in the open. I don't even think about it. I consider it minor stress relief because you're sitting there and, you, you know, you, you, you misplace something. You're like, shit, I misplaced something. And nowadays everyone's like, whoa, are you angry? Are you angry? I'm like, it's not, it shouldn't be stigmatized in that way because it is a minor stress relief. You know, you don't even think about it when you do it. But how many times do you drive and you get aggressive? That just comes to the fact that you're alert, you're aware. I think people nowadays, we're not aware of what the problem is. And when it stacks up on upon us, when something does impact us, such as like, for example, I had a tire go out and because uh, I, I drove over a nail, then I got my tire fixed. And then three days later, I got another nail in my other tire and it was like a grand in a week. Now, I caught myself at the mechanic's office, one of two reasons. One, I was sitting there, I was like, when are you guys going to get this done? Like, I, I stopped myself saying that because the guy was like, I don't know, guys, when are we going to get it done? I was like, oh, shit, you could make me sit here all day. And I apologized to him and I said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just overwhelmed. And I went inside and I started looking like when you yell at some woman that's in a grocery store with thir like 13 items in the 12 item or less, and you're sitting there giving her a hard time because she's one item over. That's like, I see someone do that, even though sometimes I have that thought, I stop and think, I'm like, is this going to matter five minutes from now? Is this going to matter 10 minutes from now? Nobody's handling trauma well anymore. We just let it overwhelm us and we think it's never going to end. Hmm. We, we have what we build. So if you have a specific mindset, well, that's going to be your outlook on life. It's very simple. If you choose to be overwhelmed by the amount of work hours that you have to make, that you have to do, if you are overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, your family's taking up so much time, if you're overwhelmed by the fact that you're not making enough money, et cetera, or you're not healthy enough, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you have to remember that nine out of 10 of these choices is something that you've made for yourself. So you were the one that decided to have those children. You were the one that decided to apply for that job. You were the one that decided that this was what you wanted to do. So everything that you have 
is a consequence of your action, your own personal action. Obviously, there are there are things that pop up every now and again that we don't have much control over. So be it. You know, there are certain circumstances that it's annoying, but we just have to deal with it and move on. But the majority of what we have in our life, it's all it all comes down to the choices that we've made from day one. Yeah, it's so um, well, you, yeah, see, you know. That, you see it in parents or someone that tries to emotionally and physically invest themselves into a younger person's life. Like, I want you to have this. I want you to have this. Yeah, they're looking out for your best interest, but they don't understand that you're going to make your own decisions to control your own life, you know? And like, you hear so many people complain, oh, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. I have this to pay. I have that to pay. And you're just sitting there like, it's not my problem that that's happening to you. I'm sorry that is, but it's also the way you structured your life. You know, like older generations that complain about not having this, you know, their hair falling out or something. I'm like, well, what did you do to get that to that point? Well, I used to go to 80s concerts and I used to dye my hair with bleach. I'm like, well, that's probably why your hair's falling out now. Like you paid the, you're paying the price now, but sadly is no one wants to pay the piper when he comes to the door to get the money. You know what I mean? I'm like it, it. Like I know that if I do this certain action, like like being up at four o'clock in the morning my time, I got work in four hours. So I already know like it's gonna be a rough day for me. But it doesn't because I'm willing because I want to get like being able to connect this way, being able to understand at least someone that's across the world from me. So it's like it's opening up myself to new experiences. I'm willing to do that. Just, just because it's it's awesome to even get a chance to be able to speak to you. Yeah, you know, and I think it, what's important to remember is, and I, you know, like I said before, is there are seven point five billion ways of doing something, and that means there's seven point five billion versions of history, their own personal history. So, for example, judging by the way that you speak, the way that you you view life, I can see that you have a certain understanding of how things are. You know, that's and that's down to your parents providing you a certain platform the fact that they have shown that creativity is a, is a good thing. It's okay to be individual. It's okay to think for yourself, to be outside the box. But then you go to India, for example, and then there, they're very you know, straightforward. This is how they think. Or you go to the Middle East and they think like this. You go to South America, they think like this, or to China. So we are all products of our environment. So for example, your environment is quite free. So is mine. But your environment is American, so your your you know the way that you live is very based on you know how you grew up. My environment is very European, very Danish, very Scandinavian. So then you know I go to China, and it's a very different uh, approach to life. And what's interesting in that is a lot of people they only see life from their version. They only see it from their perspective. They're not able to step into the other person's perspective and go, okay, because the reality is. There are always three sides to every single story. There's your version, there's my version, and then there's the actual truth of the matter. For example, you know, I, I can give you a quick example about that. So, for example, um, you're a farmer, and it's raining. One farmer loves the rain. Why? Because he's growing rice. The other farmer hates the rain because why? He's growing potatoes. He doesn't want too much of it. So one has a happy feeling, one has a negative feeling, but the reality is it's just rain. The rain is not out to get you. The rain is not out to make a bad day. It's just raining because of the environmental circumstances that have created it. 
but we take on these actions. We look at them and we go, well, this is not what was according to my plan. Therefore, I'm going to get angry about something. That's the or, best part about life, though. It's, 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 it's a random plan. You know, there's nothing ever structured. You can want, I'm going to have this day to go to the water park. I'm going to have this day to go enjoy the beach. And the next thing you know, it rains on that day. It does, it, I mean, yeah. The world doesn't care. The world's going to keep on rotating. There's, oh, like you said, it's 7.5 billion people here. Like it's going to keep on going long after we're gone too. And my knowledge has just been increasing, and in, based on experiences just from people all across the globe, all these different mindsets of people that are telling me their experience, whether they're from Jamaica, Brazil, United Kingdom, um, so many people in Australia, just all over. Where if without this, I would have never. I would have never been able to enhance my intelligence this way. Just on the concept of, I hear all these amazing stories and experiences of these lives that people have lived. And I tell people, like, they always say, is there a good episode to listen to on your podcast? I'm like, they're all unique, just like the individuals that come on. I swear I have a good conversation with every single one of them because you're not, like right now, you're not coming on here and it's not like my show it's our show you're telling me an experience you're telling me the history kind of of you in a way and your thoughts on things you know it's just conversation not too many people do that anymore because they feel like they need to get their point across if it doesn't fit in their goals if it doesn't fit in their task view or something it then it doesn't matter and i'm like it doesn't matter if someone wants to come on here to me and just sit here and just complain about stuff. I, I'll sit here and listen. I want you to feel like, you know, you can still have that connection with people where we just put all of it onto our phones and expect it to give us everything we need. No, completely. And it's like the only way that we evolve is by asking questions. Because so I'll, I'll ask you this simple question. Is there anything in the universe that doesn't change? Mm, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Coke, I was going to say Coke, like Coca-Cola, but they did change their recipe. I don't know anything else. Right. Is is there anything in the universe that we can control? Not that I know of. There you go. And here we are as humans, the tiniest little specks in the entire universe, which is unimaginably big. And we think that we're important. We're not important. We don't think we're important. We think we're the most important. Exactly. And, you know, if you, if, if you scale us compared to, you know, just this solar system, we are so insignificant, it's not funny. And, you, and then you scale out in the galaxy and then you, the universe and then you've got all the multiverses and you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, then now we're getting into theories or theory. But the reality is we are so important. That's what we feel. And if things aren't going the way that we want them to go, well, then we start to feel upset because, well, I'm important, goddammit. I have something to say. I'm like, you do have something to say, but you are placing your ego above everything else. Because think, if you think about it, every, every single thing in nature, everything in nature benefits others. Be it a tree, be it the wind, be it the sun, be it the dirt, be it a shark, be it a cat, everything benefits, it gives, it never takes. Human beings don't benefit others other than ourselves. Very few people actually do anything that benefits other people. 
we are so out of balance with everything that exists. So for example, I'll give you a tree as an example. A tree, when it grows, it provides shade. It benefits animals on the ground. It also provides uh, nuts and uh, you know all sorts of other things for animals to eat. And then when the leaves die, the leaves come down, they hit the ground, it becomes compost. The compost off the back of that enriches the earth. And off the back of that, you get all the, the, the plants that grow from the earth. So a tree, just a simple basic tree is benefiting the planet way more than any humans do. How do we benefit people? We don't. The, the problem is it, it, you don't want to help somebody else unless you're getting something out of it. You know, exactly. we're not producers as much as we want to think we are when it comes to business and manufacturing. We're actually more consumers. You know, we're actually yeah. causing a detriment to this earth. And we're, the- we're a virus, basically. We're, we're basically just a, 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 a species of invasive creatures that is taking over and upsetting the balance of everything that exists on have this you, planet. Have you heard of the Church of Euthanasia? No, so I know there, is, but not at the church of it. There's a parody religion that believes like they had these signs up in Washington, D.C. They did a protest and said, kill yourself for Jesus. And it was like all this stuff that was like, holy crap, how are people saying this? And it was a way at first I was like, this sounds ridiculous. And I started reading their website and stuff. I was like, this actually is a pretty good idea for a religion not to kill yourself but it was the concept like if you say something so outlandish and have a sign that says like kill yourself people are going to research more into what you are protesting for and it was just letting people know then the opening on the website's like we don't believe you should actually do this we just want you to realize that humankind has made a stain on this earth and it's not going to get fixed. It's getting worse and worse every single day. They believe that if human, the human race was just wiped out in general, then the earth would have a chance. But, oh, yeah. you know, Bill and I, I don't know if you know that guy. He's an amazing influence. But uh, he, he has a show where he talks about the world and um, brings in all these scientists to kind of rationalize people to understand that, like you need to wake up you need to do better things to take care of where you're living because you're just treating it like trash you know like just spitting gum out and doing all these types of things and he goes into deep detail that even they even did a documentary like even if all humans died right now the world would still be scarred Everything that we've built here, everything that just stands here. I mean, there's so many parks in Russia and most European countries that are just shut down. And they're just, there's just a bunch of just equipment everywhere just hanging around and nobody's been in there for 10, 20 years. And I'm like, we want to go ex- explore space. We want to go find out what's out there. We want to find the next planet. How about we focus on fixing the planet we have now? And before we even fix the planet, let's try and fix people. Let's fix the government. Let's fix some things going on with this or maybe fix ourselves. I mean, we, there's still so much of the human brain. We don't understand something so interpersonally connected to us. Why is it the fact that I can walk into a grocery store, smell something and then immediately get something traced back into my memory. Like that stuff. We, I think we should find, cause you're going to, once you start unraveling more stuff about yourself as a person, you create better people. You create an overall understanding and experience and overall humbleness. And I think that's going to create a better society, which will in turn cause a chain reaction going on and on and on into helping out the world. And then ended up figuring out where we're going to be. Yeah, I completely agree. So my question is to you, how would you do that? I I think it's all about, at least for me, being as open-minded as possible and just trying to get 
uh, just at least an, a little bit of time for everyone, just trying to hear them out in a way. You know, I think too many people, even myself at times, have a really hard time of trying to see the other person's point of view. You know, we're not looking at both sides of the argument. You consider you being right all the time. And I found that, you know, I'll sit there if I get into an argument and I'll rationalize like, okay, they're yelling about 13 items in a 12 item or less. Okay. They can't just deal with, I have one item over, but I see it from his perspective. He's probably dealing with a lot of emotional stress right now. Maybe he got something, a bill that was late or something. And I sit there and think like, He's not problem solving well when it comes to he's not rationalizing what's going on around him. But also he believes since I'm not I'm technically breaking the rules and he has to follow the rules. That doesn't make sense. This is why rules are in place. So, you know, if they go like most people nowadays, you bump into them and they're on their cell phone and they want you to apologize. You're like, wait, what? You bumped into me and you were on your cell phone and Mm. you see them kind of get all tense. Like, what? What are you going to do about it? And I'm like, oh, you don't know how to act anymore. You're not rationally thinking anymore because you've lived your life behind a screen. And you like with, with articles nowadays, tweets, all these types of things, this eliminated actual journalistic stuff. This is like you, every web blogger is technically a journalist now, you know, but there's no ramification behind it. We've been so developed in the technology, we've lost the interpersonal connection of being human. You know, finding out what's going on about someone's day. I believe when you lost that essence, you lost how to problem solve. You lost how to deal with problems in your own life. You just choose to gloss it under the carpet and go straight to Netflix. Hmm. Well, we must remember that everything comes from somewhere. Like you just said, there is nothing happens without a cause. There is a cause for everything always. So the reason that, the, the trees are the way that they are here compared to where they are where you live is because of the minerals in the ground. But the reality is, you know, they're all raised because of the sun and the rain and the wind. And if you took away that, well, then it wouldn't happen. If you took away the, um, you know, if I have to put it, so for example, the, um, um, the person that bumps into you, like you just said, you know, there's a reason why he's upset. And that reason could be like you just pointed out, it could be a whole range of different things. It comes from something. It, nothing happens just out of the blue. The universe doesn't work like that. It's not a chaotic, crazy kind of, oh my God, something just exploded. It doesn't happen like that. There's a cause for every single thing that happens. And once we learn, as you so rightly said, once you learn to rationalize and step back and you look at it and go, Okay, so maybe there is a reason that he or she has reacted like this. Maybe there isn't a reason why that they have done what they've done or they've said what they've said or they've, they've physically reacted in a certain way. Well, okay, I don't, I don't know the full extent of the story. Why? Because I'm not you, you are not me. And even if I tell you what's going on, I won't tell you the full story. I might hold some things back. So what you will do, you'll end up assuming, you'll end up making assumptions. Once we assume and we make assumptions, we start guessing, there's a 50-50 chance of getting it right or wrong. And even then, if we get it right, we're not going to get the full picture. So simply just look at things and go, okay, well, this guy's clearly having a bad day. So be it. I I don't know his story. I don't know the reason behind it. So be it. As long as it doesn't affect me personally, 
just going to wipe my hands of it and walk away. Simple. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, everything, like you said, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Have you have you ever kind of had an experience where something happened like to you and then a minute later, like you missed like something completely different happened where it seemed like if that accident that happened to you didn't happen, you would have been in even a more severe accident. Like for me, I remember I got into um, a car trouble and I was like, great, now I, I can't go anywhere. And then I find out like a minute later that if like if I actually would have gotten the car, drove off and left, there was an actual car pile up on one of my streets. And I'm like, whoa, that could have been me that was in that accident. You know, like it's like you could have zigged or you should have zigged when you could have zagged. You know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those things like it seems like, man, the world's just out to get you. But sometimes it might actually keep you from pain. Have you ever had one of those experiences per se? Not, not as such, because I don't believe in things happening for a reason. That's a human construct because we're important. So therefore it happens because I make it, I deem it to happen. If you look at everything, and the reason that I do this a lot, I, I look at mankind versus everything else on the planet. Everything else on the planet just works it just does what it does there's no ego attached there's no there's no like you know this or that whereas humans we are so caught up in oh this is only happening to me oh my god this is supposed to happen i'm like this is just what's going to happen whether you were there or not this is simply just what's going to happen so for example you know luck i don't believe in luck you know, someone, you walk down the street and you find $1,000 on the ground. Is that luck? No. The reason that you found the $1,000 is because you were looking down on the ground. Does that make sense? That does, yeah. Because you were actually paying attention to what was going on. It's not as if God looked down on you and said, oh, here's a, here's a thousand bucks. That doesn't happen. So do you, think, do you think it's the fact that we're not paying attention to the details anymore? We are not looking at the bigger picture. We are making everything personal. And we're thinking, oh my God, why is this happening to me? And like, it's not happening to you, it's just happening. But your ego is the one that makes it about you. That's the difference. So do you believe people are becoming a little bit too developed with their own mindset, like their own priorities and not focusing to the bigger picture when it comes to the- Everything that's happening in the world today within mankind, everything that's going wrong is coming from a state of ego everything you know look at what's happening with the american presidency look at what's happening with the brazilian rainforests look at what's happening in china look at what's happening in russia every single thing stems from somebody doing something you look out in nature nature's fine nature takes care of itself okay there's a typhoon it blows down some trees and some forests and some stuff but it's going to regulate itself it's going to bounce back it always does yeah, and whenever we, whenever we choose to mess with nature is when we throw out a balance. Every single like time. Nature has a, like, we, have you ever heard of them when they incorporate, like, an animal that was not particular in that area? Like, if they introduce a wolf species to yeah. control the deer population, the next thing you know, there's thousands of wolves everywhere, and they can't control the wolf population. They have to create hunting permits and all these types of things. And the deer population dwindles to something so extremely low. I'm like, you're, you're messing with the natural balance. 
there's a natural balance and humans have not found that balance at all. We have always well, constantly dived into things we shouldn't have been dealing with. We're constantly trying to, we, we mean, we've made progress as a human race, but it's not beneficial to anybody but ourselves. I mean, right, right now, if you look at a four-year-old child or a five-year-old child, you put a five-year-old child in a room with other five-year-old children, what do they do? They play, they laugh, they have fun. They don't care about race. They don't care about skin color. They don't care about how much money you've got. They don't care about what you're wearing. They don't, they don't, they don't care. Why? Because human beings at that age have not been, I would use the word corrupted, by family, friends, society, religion, government, YouTube, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. They are blank canvases that act on pure natural instinct. A child is pure, why? You can see it in their faces. They're nothing but love. They, they, they just, it's like a cat or a dog. They just love you, they just, they don't care. But once you get older, then your parents say, no, 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 don't wear that, wear this. No, you're not allowed to play with him because he's Muslim. No, you're not allowed to wear pink because you're a boy. Oh, you have to believe in God. Oh, you have to attend this school. Oh, you're going to university. Oh, you're going on a sports scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Everything is always being, you're always being told what to do. Yeah, we, live, as, we live in a world of suppression. I see it nowadays and I wonder why, like, why am I 21 years old and every kid is at the bar right now and I'm not and I'm sitting at home and I'm just kind of wondering, like, is that what life is? Just constant drinking? And it's because I'm starting to notice it now and seeing younger kids too, where they start hearing stuff about opioid addiction being big, at least in my area. Like, there, people are, we're suppressed. We're suppressed constantly. It's so easy to feel like you don't mean anything. And in the global view of things, you're just one person. You're not really going to affect anybody else's day. Maybe that's not inter at least connected to you, but we, we feel like we don't matter anymore. And we feel like we're, we're being too structured in a way, like being too told to be the gym that works the nine to five rather than going and doing something. Like if you want to be up at two o'clock in the morning, podcasting with a guy from, uh, you know, Australia or whatever, they go ahead and do it. But that doesn't, that's not what the world wants you to do. The world's like, no, you need to get this, you need to get that, you need to go to your job, you need to come home, you need to go to your job the next day and keep living this life on repeat. And sadly, that's when you start to become bland. Like, I don't want anybody wheeling up my 90 year old ass to a window, me looking out and go, man, at least I made it through life. No, I want to say I had a fucking life. Like I want to be able to, you know, talk about like randomly just cutting off all communication, going up in the Tibetan mountains somewhere and just for three, four weeks and just living up there. I would love to do random stuff like that. My cousin will randomly just be like, hey, I'm going out and I won't see him for four or five days. I'm like, where'd you go? He's like, I just rode my bike. And I was like, what do you mean you rode your bike for four or five days? He's like, dude, I just got on it and started going. He tell me he went like a state over. I'm like, what? Like he just does random things like that. And it's spontaneous. And that might not be for the lifestyle of most people, but I believe you have to have that kind of spontaneousness in you because you lose that creative spark that you have when you just sit there and want to structure yourself off what it is to be comfortable. Mm. No, completely. And it's, it's all about the more questions you ask, the more answers, you know, the more answers you get. Simple as that. If you don't ask any questions, then you'll, you'll never know. But like I said, going back to the three types of people, the unaware people don't know that they, it's, that they can ask questions. 
They don't know that there are, there are options to what they do because no one's ever told them that there is another way to do things. So for example, if you look at the generational gaps, so uh, if you look at the way that the, the new generation today are coming up compared to the new generation of our, to the grandparents, to our grandparents' generation, the mindset is massively different. You know, how many uh, of, of our grandparents um, had gay, lesbian or transgender friends? How many of them would, would even consider that that was okay? Whereas then you ask a 12 year old today and they're like, no, it's perfectly fine. That's okay. You're transgender. It doesn't matter. It's all right. Oh, you're black. It's fine. Oh, you're gay. It's all right. You're Chinese. It doesn't matter. And that just goes to show that we are evolving. We are becoming more accepting slowly, very, very slowly. And you know, podcasts like what you're doing right now is really, really important because you are highlighting for people, whether it's one person or a million people is irrelevant. The fact that you're doing something to create awareness that people have options is a huge, huge, huge thing to do. So you're serving mankind the same way that everything else in nature is. You are spreading information which is unbiased. You're spreading information which is objective, not subjective, because what you're talking about is not your opinion, it's just true. If you think like this, this happens. If you think like that, that happens. That's not your, that's not your opinion. That's just how it is. Yeah. I've come across people that have a completely one-sided view, like Christianity is the dominant religion, you know, yeah. you, you know, it, it, it just, the, the list goes on and on. And I'm just listening to it. I'm like, but why do you think that way? And then I try and rationalize the other perspective. I usually try and play devil's advocate most of the time, just even if I agree with the person, just on the concept of, we need to figure out what, why they think that way as well too because if we're just going to sit here and say oh christianity's awesome christian's the best well that's not always 100 percent true i mean i'm an ordained minister in the united church of bacon just on the concept of i could you know <laughs> and i i say that and it's I, I started researching in the religion it was just a safeguard for atheists like we're all looking for a shield because we feel like the world is just a constant attack onto us like so many people are so willing to try and change people based on their views and opinions i'm like we all think differently we all live differently why is it that when you go to another country that's not of you know wealth like here in america somewhere more impoverished let's say africa i hate doing comparisons but you know africa or mexico they have the biggest connection to who they are as people, you know, the, the families are together. And that's because they realize what's important. They have different values. They hold things more to value when it comes to family, when we hold more things to value when it comes to just what we have in this world, like possessions, like, oh, he owns these many cars. Oh, he owns these many things. I'm like, that's not going to matter. That's not going to matter at the end of your days. If anything, no. it's going to be matter. It's going to be the connections and the relationships you've made, the, the strides you've made as a person, you know, then nobody's going to, we, we constantly live judging one another. We walk around with a mask. I mean, showing, being afraid of who we truly are. And I've podcasted with friends of mine from Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia that come to my work and they're, and they're all going back home. And it's like, they tell me you're the realest person. I was like, what do you mean by that? They're like, because when you ask us about our day, you actually care. And I tell them, I'm like, yeah, because I'm not going to feed you false information. Too many people nowadays are just willing to, how's your day going? Okay, cool. 
yep, well, you know how my day's going. And then they just sit there and berate you with a list of stuff. I'm like, are you even listening to what I said? Like, I don't, I, I don't have any more room in my head for bad influences. I just told you that. And then you just start reading off your whole list. And I get it. People get stressed and people want to release and they want a sense of connection. I understand that, but you have to know what, like you said it before, like the question has the answer in it. If you're stressed out, you can sit there and complain about your problems, but everything you're complaining about is stuff you could be doing differently. You know, if you hate your job, if you hate these types of things, it, it might be better to not have a paycheck for a couple of weeks or a couple of months on the concept of you want to be happy in this life, don't you? You don't want to sit there and be miserable your whole entire days. Like we're so willing just to be miserable just because we're, it's, it's, it lets us play it safe. We don't ever go out and explore anymore. No, and it's, it's, it's the fact that we sit in the comfort zone all the time. But imagine if nature sat in the comfort zone. That'd be the weirdest yeah. show in the world. It, you know, it... it, it <laughs> you That'd know, be like imagine- the weirdest nature documentary if nature just sat around waiting for things to plop in its lap. Exactly, and it, it doesn't, right? It's been 16 billion years or however long, I don't know. But imagine if the planet just didn't do anything. Just imagine that. I'm like, we are part of the planet. Why? Because we are a species like an ant or a dog or a cat. We are simply just, we evolved in a certain direction. And then at some point, ego popped into the picture. That's when things started to go a bit off track. We evolved into something and we started to believe the hype. We started to believe that, well, we are the shit. You're not the shit because you're unhappy. You're moaning. You're stressed. You You have cancer. You're overweight. You have diabetes. You're not the shit. An ant is the shit. Why? Because it just does what it does. It can lift 20 times more than you. A shark is the shit. Why? Because it just swims around and eats stuff. A cat is the shit. Why? Because you feed it. It doesn't do anything. It just enjoys life. You know, they're not stressed or anxiety, you know, anxious or, you know, can you imagine a fish with depression? No, it doesn't happen. Humans create all these, these problems simply by believing that I want things done in a certain way. So for example, if I say to you, you know, live a life with no expectation, that means you'll never ever get upset. That means whatever circumstance you're in, it's fine. I think life seems super, super complicated when you look at the big picture, but honestly, I think the best part about it is its simplicity. You know, we choose to let all these problems and hold on to them so accountably that the part that they become so complicated to try and get over when truly the simplest solution is just, it, 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 like you said before, it's in the question, you know, we're not even paying attention to that. Like, you know, the simplest thing for me, like if I get to have a stressed day or something off the problems or whatever, I 
I have to learn how to deal with them. I got to be able to say what happened. How can I problem solve that? What can I do in my life to make sure that doesn't happen again? And sometimes like I can, I can get, most people get rationalized from that or give our over sensing or kind of an overcomplicated rush of emotions throughout the day, but you can get a better rationalization or a view on your problems. If you listen to a good song, I mean, it's all about, we let our emotions overtake us. We let these things influence our lives and hold us down when truly we're letting it do that. We're not saying that it's inevitable. We're letting it hold us down when it comes to anxiety and depression. You got to look past that and try and find ways to fix it. Yeah, completely. And, you know, for example, you know, look at uh, social media, look at Instagram, look at your, your iPhone or your Android or whatever phone you have. So, so right now I'm, I'm showing you my phone, right? And right now my phone is off. My phone is not a problem because my phone is off. I'm the one that chooses to turn it on. I'm the one that chooses to look at Instagram. I'm the one that chooses to read Fox News or the BBC. I am the one that chooses to do something. The problem is not the phone. The phone is simply just a collection of, of circuit boards, plastic and glass. That's all it is. It's my action that creates it into something. Yeah, you turn it into a vehicle of a little monster that just gives you bad information constantly. I mean, half the time I turn on my phone in the morning, it's telling me some kid's missing. I'm like, great, that's how I wanted to start my day. Yeah, whereas if you just said, well, I'm just not going to turn my phone on. Hmm. Simple as that. That just went through a million people's heads right now. Exactly. Instead, just to not turn my phone on. Like, I don't think anybody understands what it means to not have your phone in your pocket 24-7. But then flashback 20 years, 10 years, you know, you didn't have your phone in your pocket. How did you get your news? From the radio, from the news, from TV, from newspapers. But now we can have everything accessed instantly. And, you know, let me put it this way. So... The news channels focus primarily on negative stories. We can both agree on this, right? The majority of stories that are in the news it's mean are syndrome. on, on you know, yeah. a certain emotion. That emotion is neg- quite negative for the most of the part. And why is that? Well, because a negative emotion is like adrenaline. Oh my God, this has happened. Oh my God, I need, to, I need to know more. It's like sex, it's like drugs, it's like gambling. You get addicted to that rush. So therefore you tune back in again. It's like a really bad sitcom. You want to know what's happened on the next episode because your adrenaline is so pumped that, oh my God, Donald Trump has done this. Oh my God, China's done that. Oh my God, Chernobyl and oh my God, blah, blah, blah. The world is coming to an end. I need to know, I need to know, I'm scared. So the natural process of scared is a heightened sense of alert, a heightened sense of awareness, which means you're going to tune in to the next show, the next news broadcast. Well, that's the point of news in general. They want you to be aware. But see, the thing is, a lot of people don't consider the concept of before there was media, before there was this outlet for all this information to get out there. It's not happening more. It's always been happening around us 24-7. We never had a way of finding out what was happening in another country. We never found out. Yeah. So then imagine if the news stories just ran positive stories about the good things. That would be the best news day in the world. A water skiing squirrel 
Oh my God. It would, never, it would never happen. Why? Because people are just not interested. They don't even, they used to throw in a good article and then give you a bunch of bad ones. I feel like that's where they, you know, when they stopped doing that was when they went wrong. I was like, you're feeding us everybody that we go and turn on the TV in the morning. You're eating a bowl of frosted flakes. Next thing you know, it's like six people died, two shootings happened. And you're like, how am I going to function out in the world knowing that people are like this? And now it, I don't want to say it, but it's weird. We're becoming comfortably numb when it comes to the fact that we're letting that stuff we see it in the morning, just another shooting, turn the TV off. Like what? Like we're glossing over how it, that, how crazy that is, but it's like, it's always kind of happened, but media has given it to a point where they can just start shoveling this shit load of articles that are all just bad information at you 24 seven, because they know that's what interests the viewers. Viewers want to feel like they're aware of what's going on around them. Sadly, why don't we just be aware that there's a dog in Missouri that can unlock himself out of the animal shelter and free the other animals. That's a fucking article. I rather take over some dude getting shot. I mean, I'm just saying, but that doesn't get, the public eye anymore it seems like we're all looking for drama that's what i think uh reality tv shows like jersey shore these types of things were really really popular because if you don't have conflict in your everyday life you go and find it somewhere else you go and find it later so that's when you decide to watch reality television where that's what they focus on this kind of fake perspective of how you really act with people you know creating conflicts yeah completely and then again going back to nature look at nature reality programs or anything similar to that effect exist in nature? No, of course they don't. You don't see one squirrel fucking over another squirrel because of the size of the nut. You don't see a dog fucking over another dog because its fur is much glossier than his fur. You don't see that. Because we, we choose to let to us hold that to bar. We choose to let that keep it down. Like we, uh, we're very opinionated and very, very judgy when it comes to being a person, you know, constantly judging someone's looks first, constantly judging what someone has, comparing itself to your own. We're always the first to pull out the ruler to measure. But it's like animals don't do that. They don't even give a shit. You'll know if one sizes another one up and decides to fight it. But that's just that, that's just maybe instinct. But to the concept of there is no there is nothing else attached to that. There is no sense of I'm better than you. You're better than me. One tree doesn't say to another tree, oh my God, your fern is so much nicer than mine. Fuck you. Sorry for swearing, but it, it doesn't do that. It, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, we choose to give things to have just no deep intent at all. And we choose to get so defensive over it to the point where we invest our problems into it. I'm trying to figure out where we went wrong. Because it seemed like we never used to be like this. We used to have this group intent, this group mind pack in the very beginnings of our history, where it came to the point where we were all coming together to build, to help one another out. And we lost it along the way. I think there's a point when comfortability starts to become laziness, you know? Also, you have to remember, and and I'm, this might be a bit of a sore subject for some people, but this is just how I see it. And... <clears throat> So about two, 3,000 years ago, organized religion became the dominant method to, to, you know, to, to help people. Religion in its basic form is incredible. It's all about love. It's all about compassion. It's all about caring. It's all about empathy. It's all about helping other people. You know, Muslim, Hinduism, Christianity, Buddhism, 
if you look at the actual descriptions of what's being written, everything is about love. Everything is about reaching enlightenment to help you become a better human being. But then what happened is all of these things got skewed. They became personal. People began to personally write about what religion is from their perspective. Rather than objectifying the information, they started to subjectify the information. So for example, if you don't do what I say, you will go to hell and you will burn. Oh, that's I got into an argument with a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses that said that um, in my local town, they were speeching to people, telling them you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in Christ. And I had to take the headphones out and I had to be, why do you believe that? You know, I, I had to ask them, like, you're seeing it happen now. I do agree with you on this. You say it's a sore subject. It is because a lot of people are afraid. Um, like I've talked to some hardcore Christian people where they believe like, if you don't believe in that, you're going straight to hell. And I tell them, I'm like, this is one of the things you love that like a lot of them are kind of Trump supporters, which I try and rationalize immigration. Okay. That's a fear for a lot of people, not because we're inviting people that look differently into our country, but now you're seeing the one, two dominant religions, Christianity and Catholicism that used to be giant influences in America used to be the priority religions. They're not the dominant anymore. Immigration has increased Muslim, all these other types of religions into our country now where Christianity is not as powerful as it used to be. Now, there's there's one there's really two things when it comes down to that the government kind of fears in a way. So the government fears people when people come together, but they've always been able to oppress people. You know, whether you want to talk about a government conspiracy or not, they've been always able to kind of diverge our attention to something completely different. But the one thing that is never, ever tested, I believe, is religion. They've never, ever went against the church. I mean, the Vatican, that's its own country. That's not, that's not, you would think of a building. No, that's its own country. And you hear that and you're like, what? But the government has never tested religion. And now with religion, it seems like it's at its weakest point right now when it comes to just, there are so many out there now. You know, there's United Church of Bacon, the Trans Universal Church of the Zombie Blissful Ringing. Yeah, I said that. That's in Russia. It's hearing all these people start creating parody religions, start creating all these things that wasn't heard of back in the day. And you're seeing basically constructed religion hit to a point at its low point right now. And it keeps on getting lower and lower based on the amount of influence where people are trying to turn it into their own type of thing where the government's actually coming upon the church now, like starting to be like, you need to move this church. This can't come here. We need to take this out. We need to, you know, create something else here. And now they don't like before where that was never tested. And it, it boggles my mind to think what's going to happen 20 years from now. You know, I don't believe that you can have one certain view. Like when it comes to religion, I think we all get a piece of the big picture. You know, we all have similar things on what it means to be the afterlife. So I think we're all getting a tiny piece of a little puzzle that goes into a giant construct. And who's to say that just because he believes a certain way and you believe a certain way, that, that means anybody's right or wrong. Maybe you guys just have different interpretations of what's going on. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know, just to clarify, I'm not against religion in any way, shape or form. You know, if it works for you, by all means, go for yeah. it. And yeah. if, it's a, if it's an expression that you feel that you need to follow to get to where you need to be, 
so be it. I'm very happy for you. But the reality is that religion in its purest form, there is no control in religion, the, in, in its purest form. There is no control in love. Because if there is, then it's not love. Yeah. Love means you can do something and let go. It doesn't mean you do something and I want you to do something back. That's control. So religion today across a lot of the different religions is if you don't do this, well, then this will happen to you. That's control. The only religion out there which even comes mildly close to being in its true original form is Buddhism. There is no consequence to your action. In Christianity, there is a consequence to your action. God will be unhappy. You will burn in hell. You will not get to have your 40 virgins or whatever it is. You will not have this and you will that. There is always an element of control within it. But that's not what religion originally was. Religion originally was purely just a way for people to reach enlightenment in a way that they find it within themselves. But then religion became personal and someone discovered that this is a really good way for me to control people. And then it became subjective. So I give you another example. So for example, communism. Communism, the concept of communism is amazing. If you think about it, everybody has the same. Everybody's equal. That's a great concept. You, you and I, we can't disagree on that. That means there is no rich, there is no poor. We all have the same. But what happened is com communism was taken in, a, in its original format, which existed like 3,000 years ago in, in, you know, in the Mediterranean, you know, around the you know, Greek Roman time, where it was simply just that. There were communities where people would come in and they would live and everyone would have the same. But then somebody came along and said, right, well, I'm going to reinterpret this my way. And now communism is now run by one individual, one person, one party. The complete opposite of what it actually was. Same with religion. Religion is now run by one God, one Pope, one book, one this. I'm like, well, that's not essentially what it was. It's not controlling, but it's become controlling because people, as you can say, you, you said this yourself, you can monetize it. It's a way of making money. The Vatican is now its own country. And the only good part about what's going on now with the Pope there is he took out the throne. He took out the Pope mobile. They had a fucking Pope mobile that had bulletproof glass. It was a box like you were sitting and watching a guy in a giant fish tank with no water. He took that out. He's like, what are we doing? What is going on? This, if someone's going to shoot me, someone's going to shoot me. You know, I'm going to lose connection with the people if I hide behind glass. That means I'm not doing something yeah. right. And I'm like, this is what happens. Like I tell people, it's our podcast. It might be mine. I may own it, but it's our. When you come on here, it's ours. We turn it. So if you want to take the fucking steering wheel and go a hardcore left into Bigfoot, into anything, please do. I don't care because I want you to have this time in a world where we feel like we have to be a certain way, act a certain way. I want you to feel like you have a chance to be who you want to be, who you feel like you are inside. You know, we live too much and it's, it's difficult for people to even do that. Like a lot of times people just want to 
you know, oh, I do this. And like, I don't know if I want to talk about them. Like, then go ahead, don't talk about it. But I want to give you this time to express yourself because we're lacking in a world where expressing yourself is not seen as something to be doing anymore. Yeah, you know, there is control. You are controlled by your parents. You're not allowed to say this. You are controlled by your religion. You are not allowed to think this. You are controlled by your government. You are not allowed to express this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then going back to nature, imagine if you put controls on nature, it would die. It would simply just cease to exist. I mean, nature is the one thing that is self-maintaining. Constantly. And we think that we are so much better than nature. What is the most important thing, the singularly most important thing for any human being on the entire planet right now? What is the most important thing? I would have to say one of two answers because it would be water or sunlight. Okay, well, you're very close. Air. Damn. Without air, you'll be dead within 60 seconds. Yeah. Two minutes, five minutes if you're lucky. That's the most important thing on the entire planet, and yet nobody pays it any attention. Why is that? Why? Well, because my billion-dollar bank account or my big car or my big fake boobs or my Instagram account is so much more important. I'm like, dude, it's not. It's all about the followers. We're, we're yeah, all- if I put you in a room with no air, your followers mean shit. I'll still die happy knowing I got that like button. No, I, I, I believe it, man. <laughs> I, I, I hear it all the time. People are like, how many views do you get? How many likes do you get? I was like, I don't look at that. I don't look at, that's not important to me. What's important to me is hearing the stories. And you, like, like you're saying, you know, air, that's in, an important thing in our lives that we totally just gloss over because it's always been there. It's never been a problem of not having air. And like, I've been to places with high city population that I've been to places out in the country. Like my grandma has severe asthma. So she lives out in the countryside because when she comes in the city, she finds the need to have an inhaler in her backpack, you know, but when she goes out into Hawaii, she never has to touch it. An area where the air is more pure, where the, the world seems a little bit less structured, you know, Nature knows what to do. Nature takes care of everything. The sun it, it, doesn't dis- it doesn't distinguish between good or bad or up or down or left or right. It just does what it does. But we are the ones as humans, we say, this person is good, this person is bad. Why? There is no such thing as, e- there's no such thing as good or evil in nature. It just doesn't exist. We try and structure balance and we can't do that. See, nature's best aspect of it has a type of balance and overall, I guess, what would you call it? Homeostasis of more like everything coming together and just unraveling and fixing its own problems, you know, but we can't do that nowadays. We need help. We're so caught up in our phones and our this and our that. And so then, you know, next time you go for a walk, just look around. Everything just works. And there is no reason why, as human beings, we can't hit the same level. Because you, you said this earlier, we create our own problems. Life is actually really simple. Life is really straightforward. But we are the ones that complicate it through the choices that we've made. I'm like, well, you have a job you don't like. Well, why don't you, why, you apply for it? I didn't. You did. Yeah, you choose to live in it constantly, too. Yeah, exactly. You, don't have, you have an apartment that you don't like? Well, then move 
you know, if 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 you have a wife you, you're not in love with, well then divorce her and move on. Oh, I can't, you know, because of this and because of that. I'm like, well, it's your choice. Everything is your choice. Yeah, you're the only one with the keys to your own car to drive it. I can just give you options and advice on to what to do. But in the end, you're the only one that can choose which direction it goes. I mean, right. a lot of times you can sit there and just keep complaining and feeling the same way over and over and over again. But if you're it, if nothing's ever going to get fixed, you know, just sitting there complaining about it might relieve stress, but it's not going to truly fix the root cause of the problem. That stress is going to happen again the next day. It's going to keep happening over and over again until we fix it. It's literally like watching someone walk into a wall and just keep hitting their head against the wall. Like it hurts. I'm like, well then fucking stop doing it. Like it doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm at fault for doing it too when it comes to a job, but man, I, it's difficult because when Pete, when it comes to the concept of not being sustainable or not being, I guess, set out, like, you know, not having that paycheck, it's really difficult for people to have that wrap around their head. Control, going back to the illusion of control. We believe that if we can have enough of this, well, then we will be fine. Yeah, but a million dollars today is nothing compared to a million dollars 20 years ago. So the goal, the goalpost shifts all the time. So what happens when you achieve that? Then what? Are you going to be naturally blissed out? Did you know that something like 80% of people that win large amounts of money in the lottery lose it? They overspend. They, they, they get rid of their money so fast because they don't know what to do. Because they believe that for them, money is going to be the, 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 the cause or it's going to be the route to their happiness. So they just spend left, right, and center. And they think, oh my God, I'm going to be so happy. And then they end up going, oh shit, I've got no money left. Because money is just money. Money is important. We need to have it. But it's just money. It's just something that you need to pay rent. But, and you need a certain amount of it. But you, it, to, to be able to live a life. To even but function, you have to have... You need, you need to have a certain amount of money to, you know, this is just how society is. We are part of society, so, so be it. But the reality is, whether you have... There was a survey about this recently where I believe I read it was something like the amount of money that you need in your bank account to become truly at ease with the, for, you know, for yourself, it's about 150,000 US dollars. That's the amount of money that you actually need to have in your bank account to be able to not have any problems. But people aspire for so much more. Oh my God, I need to have $100 million. I need the billion dollars. I'm still unhappy. I'm like, well, the, the reality is it's proven. $150,000 is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But so many people, they work and work. Well, you've already got 5 million. Yeah, but I need more. I need more. I need more. Why? I need to be, I need to be happy. Yeah, but the survey's proven that $150,000 is all that you need to actually be happy. You don't need as much as you think that you need. So there's this, this mass consumption, this mass consumerism that we need more, more, more. I need, I need another car. How many have you got? I've got three. Can you drive three at once? No, but I need another one. Why? Because I need four. Yeah, but why? I need bigger boobs. Why? Well, because guys like me. Why? Because I'm insecure. Why? Because I need bigger boobs. I'm like, what? This doesn't make sense. It, it's, it's, a, it's a simple answer to 
dumb, stupid problem too. I mean, you got to think of the concept when it comes to the question of why, like, why are we choosing to do this to our own lives and keep kind of crippling ourselves as people in a way when we can just, we, we choose to let these problems be so influential to our life. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, you know, and if you simply just ask, why do I feel this way? Why is this important to me? Why am I with this person? Why am I feeling this way? That's it. You simply just ask why. And look at the answer objectively. Remove your emotion. Remove your personal expectation from it. And you'll end up with something that is just actually just how it is. Simple as that. So... Dude, I want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of be able to promote your content. And they have this thing called mindful sessions. Um, am I saying that right? Yeah, the mindset sessions. Yeah. So I want to give you a minute here just to be able to kind of promote it so people can find it, dude. Because honestly, talking to you, like, I think you definitely need to sit down with a few more people off the point in your direction because you have a great way of kind of interpreting this meaning on life. I think too many people look at the kind of closed-minded view of it and not seeing the bigger perspective when it comes to why are you focusing so much on that problem it's not going to matter that much later on exactly and you know the mindset session came about you know 20 years in the music industry and i've had enough experiences to know that the mindset is what's going to get you to where you want to be it's not the actual act of making music being an artist or being a painter that's just the tool that's just what you choose to do to create something. It's the reason why you're doing it in the first place. And the Mindset Sessions is simply just a method to help people understand more about themselves, to understand the choices that they make and why they make the choices. And especially being a creative, a lot of people get stifled and they kind of feel a bit lost and they feel a bit not quite sure where they're going, what they're doing. They're not quite sure how to achieve what they want to achieve. And it's simply just objectifying information. It's not about saying, well, this is what you should do. It's what you could do. That's the difference. I don't tell people what to do. You know, I am not a firm believer. So for example, I don't, I don't really like the word coaching because coaching implies telling people what to do. I call it mentoring or guidance because I offer you ob objectified uh, viewpoints on your options. That's as simple as that. Whether you choose to do it or not, well, it's up to you. It's completely your choice. But every choice that you make, if you make it because it's something that you truly believe in, well, then you will actually end up doing something that you actually connect to rather than something you're being told to. Big difference. So that's what the Mindset Session is. It's a collection of thoughts and podcasts and daily posts on Instagram just highlighting certain elements within life. So that's what I do. Giving you a better perspective. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast, Benjamin. And thanks for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank.